I want to bring a word to you today. I want to ask you a question first. Are you hanging by a thread? Are you hanging by a thread? Let's start reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. This was written by King Solomon, who was the smartest, wisest man that ever lived. So anything he says is worth paying attention to. Ecclesiastes chapter number four, verses nine to 12 says this. Two are better than one. That's why you're smart being here today, because you're surrounded by a whole lot of other ones. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, and maybe you're here today because you've fallen. Listen, we all will at some point in our life, but you're here. Praise God for that. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who falls, who, who is alone when he falls, for he will have no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Married people only. That wasn't permission or an invitation, young adults and youth. <laughs> but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we saw a lot of shaking in 2020. We saw a lot of people experiencing fallout, whether they were falling back into addiction or falling back into anxiety or depression, or feelings of hopelessness, falling out of friendships, falling out relationally, falling out with God, falling out of church. And it's my job as a pastor to see. And I do a lot of thinking and pondering, because I spent a lot of my teenage years not thinking or pondering. <laughs> so I, I'm making up for lost time. But I will look and observe, and wait and let the Holy Spirit speak. And I think oftentimes in our life when we feel like we're hanging by a thread, it's simply because we just don't have the basics and the foundations down. Yeah. A lot of times we want to make things lofty and complicated that aren't lofty and complicated, they're just really simple. So I'm going to bring a simple word to you today. And it's about this threefold cord. So Solomon here, he talks about the power of two, but then he ends the story with a threefold cord, the introduction of the God thread. And today I want to talk about those three strands that will keep you strong in a world that is easily broken. So we're just going to take some time to talk through these, these three really simple things. And I want you to just lean back in God if you can. You're going to catch a whole lot more than what I say. I can feel the Spirit of the Lord moving upon hearts in this meeting. And you'll find that when you come to Awaken Church, that we make room for the Lord to speak to you. God is a minister of the heart. And there are some times you'll hear things that perhaps don't resonate with your mind, but you're like, ah, oh, that resonates with my heart. Let God do his work today. We are so, so glad you're here. This is God's house. Okay. The first strand, or the first chord I want to talk about today that is vitally important that you cannot live without is your connection to God. Yeah. The Apostle Paul writes this in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, and being made conformable unto his death. 
And the reason I wanted to start with this scripture is for this reason. You've got to understand who the author was before he wrote this. He was a man who was well-versed in the Word of God. If he went to a Bible study, he would win every time he'd be top of the class. But he didn't know God. He knew the Word, he knew the Torah, he knew the law, and he used to beat people over the head with it. And prior to actually having an encounter with God, truly knowing God, he used to kill true believers. But then at the end of his life, as he's writing lessons to the church, he said, more than anything, because you can know the word, you can know about God, but do you know him? And, And our message at Awaken Church, as much as I'm pumped that you're here listening to me, is that you go like this. I would know him. Do you you know that God wants to speak to you? The same God that speaks to me is the same God that wants to speak to you. What does this mean? Set aside time to have a daily pattern of connecting with the Lord. Reading his word, getting in his word, understanding who he is. A lot of people know the word, but they don't know the nature of God, so they misappropriate the word of God. That's why God had to send Jesus, because he's looking at the earth, and they had the Ten Commandments, and they'd made up a whole lot of other laws, and he's looking down, and he's like, they are ruining it. They're wrecking it. Jesus, you're going to have to go down there and actually point them in the right direction. And Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. And that's why when we see the story in the book of Luke of the woman caught in adultery, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees come and, and they say, the law, the word demands that she be stoned. But because Jesus came to reveal not just the word, he was the word, but also the heart of the Father, he gets down when everybody else is wanting to lop stones because they knew what the word, the law said but they didn't know the heart of the father. And he looks at her and he says, while riding on the ground, I'm not sure why, maybe it was buying time. He says, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. And the Bible says that they all dropped their stones and one by one they walked away until only Jesus was left. And Jesus stooped down and looked at the woman and says, who is left who condemns you? And she said, no one, sir. He said, then I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. It's one thing to know the word, but another to know God. And sadly, we've had a whole lot of fallout and collateral damage in the world and in the church because we've got people who know the word, but they don't know the spirit of the Father. God wants you to know him. Setting time aside to pray every day. Do you know you you can just pray wherever you're at at any time? You can have your own worship and communion service when you're not in church. This is just the exclamation mark on the end of a week. My hope is that you got your own praise party and your own word party and your own soaker service happening in your home every single day, making that time to have a daily pattern of connection with God. I don't know how, how, how do you live life without connection to God? How do you, how do you survive 2020? unless you're connected with God. And he's with us all the time. Amen. What else do I wanna tell you? I wanna tell you that when you know God, you can walk through seasons of suffering and seasons of abasement 
Because Paul said, went on to say in the book of Philippians chapter number four, whether I am abased or whether I abound, whether it's 2019 or 2020, I have learned how to be content because I know him. He starts off, oh, that you would know him. And then he says, I can survive any season. If you wanna be unbreakable, you have to connect with God. The big difference between people who are still standing in 2021 and standing now in 2021 and who survived 2020 is that they have a connection with God. You can get through any season. There's a lot of people, they, they connected with God on the season of abounding, but they tossed him out in the season of abasement. Wow. Don't toss God out ever. Your connection to God is the most paramount, important thread in your life. You need it more than you need air in your lungs. You need this, the breath of heaven. We're going to encourage you here to have your own relationship with God. Come here and be inspired. Come here and be strengthened. Come here and be encouraged, but go home and have your own relationship. God wants to speak to you. Your connection to God is the most important thread. The second part of this threefold chord is your connection to you, yourself. And before you check out thinking I'm being new agey, I'm not. (laughs) The hippies did not come up with finding yourself. In fact, you can't find yourself until you first connect with God because he will reveal to you who you truly are. See, when I came to Christ, I realized that I had to do a lot of unlearning because of labels that other people had put on me. And, And I grew up being told all kinds of things about myself. And then I had to go through a season, and you'll find that when you're in this church, you'll go through a season of unlearning, having to get rid of those labels that have been tossed on you. And the world is terrible at labeling. They see someone who is a sensitive, a creative, a design person, soft, immediately, eh, we're going to put you in that category. They see someone who has had this kind of upbringing or that kind of upbringing, eh, we immediately want to label you. What I love about God is that he understands that he is the only one who can truly tell us who we are. Write this down. The one that created me is the only one who's allowed to label me. The one who created me is the only one that is allowed to label me. Like I said, I had a whole lot of undoing to do. See, I was intimidated because I was told some things about myself as a kid, and quite often it's the people that are closest to it to us, whether it's mum or dad or siblings or teachers who imprint and stick a label on us. And then we have to come to God and we have to let him get his Holy Ghost orange goo off to get that sticker and that label off our lives, peel it off and let us know who we truly are. When you come to Awaken Church, we're not going to make you conform to the image of Jürgen and Leanne. Now, now we're, we're cool. We're, we're, we're all right. But we've got, we've got ourselves covered. We've already got a Jürgen and Leanne. We've already got a John and Becky. We've already got a Morgan and Jen. We, we've got us covered. Who are you? Because you know what we didn't have till you got here? You. And you know one of the things I hate? 
when people turn up to church and they all start dressing the same and they get the same hobbies and, you know, they're all saying the same things and they look like little drones and clones. And I told you the story. I've told you so many times, but I'm going to tell you again because it's so profound, one of the most impacting moments in my life. When I walked into Mostra Coffee and I saw a round table full of 10 men that looked identical. And they had on little hats, deep neck Vs, skinny jeans, socks, uh, shoes without socks, little glasses. All of them had tattoos on their wrists saying something very Christian in Hebrew. And I, I immediately knew that they were worship pastors. And I just, I just had this thought, like it was so confronting, like, no. Like the Holy Spirit said, no. This isn't how it should be. You can't all like those clothes. Statistically, it's impossible that all 10 of you, and sometimes we come into church and we think we have to conform to the image of the pastor. No. Who are you? Who are you? What makes you tick? You know, the world will try to tell you that diversity is all about skin color. That is so shallow and actually so offensive. You are not skin color. There's an inner you. There's a heart in you. There's a character. There's a diverse personality that we've been missing, that we've needed. Who are you? Who are you? Ask the Lord to show you. You know, the only time the Bible talks about us conforming, it says you are to conform to the image of his son. We are meant to be united and conformed at the point of us all becoming the best Jesus version of ourselves. And we're meant to be united around what the word of God says. That's where our uniting is. But you know what? We should all be different. And imagine if we weren't. Boring, boring, boring. Where would we be without the choleric leader, boss lady, Pastor Becky's? Imagine if we were all sanguines. If we were all party, we would get nothing done. The world would be going to hell, but we'd be partying on our way to heaven. Blowing the whistles. And the melancholy is the more soulful, sensitive feelers. And they feel intensely. We say, oh, we don't like those people. Well, well, guess what? You don't like those people. You just killed the arts. You just killed oceans. You don't get to sing, spirit lead me where my trust is with the poor. Yeah, that would not have been written unless there was a sensitive creative. Our incredible screens, the Morgans of this world who think and feel and create and execute. Where would we be without the phlegmatics who are just those chill people that always wanted to do what you wanted to do? Oh my gosh, they don't have any drive in life. But yeah, thank God you have a friend to go with you where you want to go because they're all like, I'm up for anything. I'll come. Where are we going? Sounds great. But what do you want to do? I don't care. What do you want to do? Who are you? We didn't have a you. And we don't. For the love of God, need another Pastor Jürgen. Now I, <laughs> one's enough. How much must we offend the world? One Jürgen. <laughs> but you know, I tried so hard to fit him into my model of what a senior pastor should be. 
Oh, but he was, see, he came to God. He had all kinds of labels put on him by the world. And he had a genuine connection with God on a beach. And he let the Lord tell him who he was. And now he's so at peace with himself. I wish he was less at peace with himself. <laughs> he's like, babe, I don't care. I'm like, but could you just a little bit? And then he'd walk out in every pattern and color known to man. <laughs> what do you think, babe? I'm like, um, and Zoe was standing next to me. This was the other day. And she's like, what is dad wearing? And then she goes, I think I know everything. <laughs> He's wearing everything. And, and I found that I wanted to control him and conform in into the image of what I thought that he should look like. And I felt God slap my hand one day and say, Leanne, you stop that. I like him. I like that he's at peace with himself. I like that he's not insecure. And walking into a room and having to become a chameleon and changing his views as opposed to who's in the room. He knows who he is because he's had an encounter with God. He connected with God, therefore he was then able to connect with himself. So when you come to this church, we are going to disciple the hell out of you, literally. But we are not going to make you conform into our image. I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you. Oh, I have to wear that because Pastor Leanne wore that. No, what do you like? The only rules when it comes to clothing is dress for the body you have, not the body you want. If we all just did that, we're okay. Connect with you. We sang this song during praise and worship. It's actually a beautiful psalm, Psalm 18, 19. He brought me out into a spacious place. Do this as much as is appropriate right now. I just want you to really engage. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. We walk a narrow path, but we have a spacious God. Oh, there's room for you. The world is shocking at labeling, and we need to resist the identity politics that so many are engaging in today. And look to our Heavenly Father, tell me who I am. See, the Lord had a conversation with Simon, who would then become Peter. Simon, meaning flaky, reed, reckless, wherever the wind blew, that's where Simon went. But then when Simon had an encounter with Jesus, he showed him who he truly was. He said, Simon, people have told you that you're reckless and you're, sh and, and you're shaky and, and you go to and fro and you're emotionally out of control and you've responded according to their words and you'll find that that'll happen. You'll start to behave according to the world's labels. That's why you have to come to Jesus and let him tell you who you truly are. And he said to Peter, you're not that. You're Peter. You are rock. You are steady. And you know, at the end of Peter's life, he was. In, in the beginning, he was reckless. He was shaken. He was a reed shaken in the wind. But at the end of, the of his life, he was Peter, the rock, steady, immovable. So much so that he died for his faith. Don't let the world mislabel you. Come to the Lord. Jesus said this, and I think it's so profound. He said, unless you come to me like a little child, you will not inherit the kingdom. What did he mean? 
Well, he meant have a childlike faith. And, and kids, they believe what you tell them. We were just away uh, on, on a staff retreat and my husband has a way with children. And, and he walked out and he had his face mask around his forehead. And it looked like, he looked like a, like a karate man, like a sensei, because he had a white ho um, hotel robe on and he put his like bandana that was supposed to go around his mouth, around his head and he walked out. And a little kid goes to him, are you a karate man? And straight away he's like, oh, So every time this little kid saw Jürgen, the kid would come up and go, But he believed Jürgen was a karate man. He had this childlike faith, like that is Cobra Kai sensei. And Jesus says, unless you come like that to me, you have a childlike faith. But what else does a kid do? They, are, they accept things without suspicion. Will you come to me and let me tell you who you are and accept it without suspicion? You're living under the mire of unfair labels that may be well-meaning or not well-meaning people said to you or put on you, it is enough now. Come to the Lord, put your hands up. Father, I connect with you and in connecting with you, I find who I really am. And you'll become content with also who you aren't and you won't feel like you have to perform. A lot of churches, you feel like you have to turn up and perform and be perfect and, and pretend. Oh yes, I'm a great pretender. Ooh, you like that one, Crutcher. <laughs> and, and we build churches of great pretenders. Not here. Not here. Because God doesn't want you to look right. Wear this outfit, say amen at the right time, get the Bible in a year and post about it on Instagram every single day. He's like, no, I want you to be right. I'm a minister of the heart. God does not see as a man sees, for the Lord looks at the heart. He's all about your heart. Find the Lord, connect with the Lord, and you will connect with who you are. And coming to a close, connect with others. You can connect with God and connect with yourself. So, so important. But you find if you then don't connect with other people, you'll be a little bit weird. Have you noticed people that are always just with themselves and God? They come down from the mountain, they're glowing, but even God said, Moses, bro, put a veil on your face, you're scaring people. <laughs> like you actually need to be around other people. They sharpen you. And I found that I've discovered who I am, who God made me to be in community. Because I had a, lot of, a whole lot of brokenness. I was raised in a Christian home, but I went into ministry and I, I didn't even know all the books of the Bible. And, and I was a pastor. And so I end up in ministry and I'm 19 years of age and my husband's a youth pastor and he wants to save the whole world. And I'm his sidekick, but I just found myself resenting everybody. Res just resenting the fact that my husband was always busy and he was never at home. And I was feisty and he was feisty. It's like God thought it was a good idea to put gasoline and fire together in the same relationship, kaboom. And so there was one Sunday evening they were having a youth service. And then after the youth service had finished, I had some unspoken plans that my husband and I would go out for a nice dinner, just the two of us. But my husband also had some unspoken plans that he would invite the entire youth ministry over for a movie night and pizza. 
And so we're standing at the front of church at the end of this praise party and I'm saying, oh, can we go? I want to go out for dinner. He's like, no, I've invited every single youth member plus one home for pizza and a movie. And then we both just started getting fired up. And he's saying things about me and I'm saying things about him and we're elevating our voices and you should never fight in public, but we didn't know that then. So we're fighting in public. And then he grabs my arm aggressively, so I grab his arm aggressively and it is on. I mean, we were about, we were pastors, let's just start there. Pastors at the front of church about to get into a physical fight. Awesome. But then from, from out of the corner of my eye, I saw this woman with short blonde curly hair run and just put her arm around me. And I'm about to burst into tears. I'm doing this and yelling and I'm about to kill my husband and then take my own life. And she runs up and she puts her arm. She's like, oh, Leanne. I wanted to meet you. My kids are in the youth ministry, uh, Mike, Mike and Richard Cooney. Thank you so much for all the work you guys are doing. I've always wanted to meet you. And can I take you out for lunch sometime? It's like she came up to this dysfunctional little girl who's, who was grappling with, with the call of God on her life and her husband's life, whose mother was in another nation, who felt very conflicted and resentful and alone, and she saw it, and she put her arm around me, and that began a journey of a, a long-term relationship where she became like a surrogate mother. And she used to be a pastor's wife, and she taught me how to be a pastor's wife. She showed me who I was. She helped sharpen me in areas where I was dull. She helped put me back together in areas where I was broken. We need one another. We will not be who we truly are without the help of other people. 2020 showed us we got like a free trial of what it looked like to live without other people. And it sucked. It was terrible. And a whole lot of people regressed and fell over and were easily broken, even if they had a connection with God and they knew who they were because they didn't have others. And they fell over. And some of us, some of them aren't even with us today. And I want to tell you, God wants things to be better than they've been. And it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Connect with God. He'll show you who you truly are and then connect with other people. And I found that in Robin Cooney coming alongside me, helping me be the wife, the mother, the pastor, the person that I was, that she empowered me to do that for other people. I mean, I would have no business leading your women in Cherish Women's Ministry had I not had an encounter with Robin Cooney. You'd be like, oh my gosh, the inmates are running the asylum. It, terrible, the fox is watching the chickens and all the stereotypes. So I thank God I wouldn't be where I am. So you'll find that you'll come to church and you will find your own Robin Cooney, but then you will become a Robin Cooney. Those who have received must also freely give. I watched a movie last night and I'll come to a close with this about Harriet Tubman. Have you all heard about her? Yes. Yeah, they're talking about putting her face on the $10 bill. I'm saying do it immediately. The woman was amazing. 
So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story of Harriet Tubman, I would say watch it. The movie's called Harriet, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. But really, what she did with her life is the mission and the mandate of every believer. She was freed. She was a slave, she was oppressed, she was beaten, life was hard. She was freed, she ran away to freedom. She ended up in Philadelphia where she was shown what freedom actually looked like. She had friends, she had a home, she had her freedom. And they wanted her to kind of just settle, move on with your life, look, you're free, good for you. And she's like, how can I? When I know that I have friends and family members who are also captive, I'm going back, I'm going back, I'm going back. I'm telling you that is the mission and the mandate of you. When you connect with God, you connect with yourself, you connect with others, let the Robin Coonies help you, you become a Robin Cooney. You become a Harriet Tubman and you go back. And this woman rescued more slaves than any other person. They called her Moses. Moses. The underground railway, they called it, and that she would go in and she would say, and God would speak to her, and God would lead her, and she would get these people that were in just the most horrible of circumstances, and she would bring them back into freedom. That is your job. That is my job. You're a part of this world. You came here to find help, but you're also going to bring help. You came here to find freedom, but you're also going to bring it. There's a mission and an assignment and a mandate on your life. You're gonna do something incredible. It won't be safe, but it will be an adventure. And you'll find when you get those three chords really working for you in your life, I'm connected with God. Therefore, I know who I am and I know who I ain't. And I also know I'm connected to others so they can help me and I can in turn be a help. I'd love it if you'd stand to your feet as we come to a close, I wanna pray for you. That's pretty much it. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but if that's the only message you ever heard, that kind of does it. I'm not saying that in a prideful way. But like, if you actually just do those three things, like repeat cycle throughout your whole life, and you'll find that at any given time, you may find that one of those areas needs to be strengthened. And in this moment, I wanna, I wanna ask a question. So I'd love for you to just close your eyes so we can have an environment of privacy right now. When you connect to God, it's important for you to understand you cannot do that unless, unless you first invited Jesus Christ into your life. The Bible tells us in the book of John, Jesus speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father or connects with the Father except when they come through me. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the door. Maybe today you've never asked Jesus into your heart. This is the most important and profound decision you will ever make in your life and it will affect every other decision you make. It actually affects your eternal destiny. The Bible says that this life is but a vapor. Feels very real to us right now, but there is a life after this one, an afterlife. And it, your destination, where you end up, is determined on what you do with this question. When Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, 
saying, let me come in, let me have a relationship with you. The Bible says, let me come in and dine or sup with you. That's what it is, it's a relationship. It's not a set of rules and regulations, it's a relationship. Connecting with God happens when we connect with His Son, Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, I'd love to pray for you. And in the privacy of this moment, just lift your hand up nice and high so I can acknowledge you and we can pray. Yeah, beautiful, I see this hand. I see these hands up the back here. Wonderful, wonderful. Is there anyone else? Maybe you've done this before and you realize that connection, that's the thread. Oh, I see that hand. That's the thread that's broken. Yeah, beautiful, praise God. I see this hand, this lady in the purple, yes. Wonderful, there's a hand up there. Yes, thank you, Lord. So important. You can go through life unbreakable, not easily broken. When you're connected with God, when you let God show you who you really are, you're at peace with yourself. You're not bridled with insecurity and performance anxiety. You, you know who you are. And then you connect with others. You're going to find out who you are in a company of believers. They're going to sharpen you and you're going to help other people. Father, I thank you for every hand that is raised to those who are connecting with you today. Father, I thank you that the Bible says that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Father, I thank you that salvation comes to each and every raised hand today, that they would connect with you, that you would show them who they really are, and that they would find their strength in this family. And when you join a church, you don't join a service or an organization. You join a family. We're a family of believers. So if you raise your hand, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. And I will say this to you also. When you raise your hand, one of my friends saw you and they're going to come find you at the end of service. They're going to pray with you, give you a following Jesus book and help you get connected to our family so you can be around others and you can have a Robin Cooney and then become a Robin Cooney. Amen. 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 Lift your hands. Father, I thank you. I thank you for our incredible church family. I thank you, Lord God, that you have given us access to the threefold cord that is not easily broken. Father, I speak to, to every spirit of confusion and hopelessness and despair in this place today. Maybe many coming in who are hanging by a thread, who've experienced just the most terrible of times during 2020. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you said, I am the friend that sticks closer than a brother, that they would feel your presence and know the power of your great love today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.